my god let's calm down okay <laughs> let's calm down let's come back let me tell you why we are excited guys you won't believe it but well you probably would have already know by we celebrated our first month of existence just yes. Saturday to be precise I mean guys I was shocked when Bella texted me I was like what? The days are mm-hmm. flying by so fast and mm-hmm. wow let's just pause and really think about the last few weeks uh, it's been so so amazing bella mm-hmm. i think one of the major highlights for me was the response to our first episode how people yeah. actually took time to like send their mm-hmm. encouragement of people responding to our salvation story not when mm-hmm. test was condemning in any way nobody even talked about our past all of the things you guys have been sending so far concerning to you has always been heartwarming. There are definitely some that, you know, have different sort of, you know, feedbacks and we've always yeah. tried to work on them over and over. So we just want to say thank you. Thank you guys for choosing to ride on this journey with us for one month. God. Bella, say something. Celebrate, this people. Like, Celebrate those people for us. I feel like... It's like a newborn baby. I am just excited. Oh my god, I could take care of a baby for a month. Like, <laughs> like the the possibility is endless. If I can take care of this yeah. baby for a month, like, what will happen in two months? In three months? Yeah. And I'm just so thankful. Honestly, I'm so grateful. Yeah, I'm so excited. Yeah. And another thing that happened last weekend, you know already, Bella's turned fourth. So mm-hmm. I'm going to just ask Bella to like give us a little insight there into how your birthday was. What does it feel like celebrating your first birthday as a co-host on and all of that? And mm-hmm. what was it like? Remember that we talked about the fact that asking God for birthday gifts and all of that. Yeah. So what was it like for you? Okay. Stepping into this area? <laughs> so this um, birthday was very different. And yeah. I say different not because I got the car or I got the house. Calm down. <laughs> I don't know why I said that, but I just be like, when people say that, oh, my birthday is ready to for you, think that, oh, probably. You got a gift. Somebody yeah. gave them a gift, one exactly. million dollar gift. But this year, the Lord, just, Lord just changed my mentality on so many things about birthdays. My birthday on that day was amazing. I woke up, I was so tired because I had like a video all night and I got home like after six i literally saw the sun rise and i had to be up early because i had like a hangout in my house and i had to cater for people so like there was just like a lot going on and i was tired i joined the choir at this time all night so my voice was gone i feel like right now you can even tell that my voice is just trying to recover i was i was tired like so many things were just going on and then people finally started to come and then they were like oh let's talk about christiana <laughs> you know <laughs> and honestly i've never sat in a place where people talk about me i always feel like maybe when i die that's when people will be like okay so yeah. let's talk about christiana you know I, because like i used to feel like that's when like after you're gone that's when people can really say like who you truly are yeah. but then i was actually really surprised that like look we're saying things and 
God was being glorified through those things. You know, there was there was this comment that somebody made. Person said that when they joined my church, I was literally like at the back of you know the old Christian thing. Not like I I didn't I didn't really care that you know like that. I just, I was just going to church. I was just like a normal Christian. I was still in the world. Yeah. And they literally saw me transition from a backbencher to a frontliner, and they're like, "Wait, what happened? Like, how? Like, do you understand?" And that alone just blew my mind. There were so many characters and traits that people mentioned that I know that these things were not by my power. Like, it was just God that has been doing a work in my heart. That, that just allows me to express love that way yeah. and you know like they always say like everybody has their weaknesses so i won't come and say oh it is the service good some people have some things to say but then i'm just thankful because i know that he that started this good work in me he'll perfect it yeah definitely yes yeah, definitely so i'm just grateful my birthday was very different because like i said it wasn't what i was used to as birthdays, I was used to people all calling me, throwing gifts and all. This year, oh my lord, <laughs> I can literally count it in my hand. And honestly, I'm so grateful because I remember having a conversation with Abba and I was like, thank you for breaking that mindset. That what the show called is it paradigm or the paradigm or whatever I don't know the word. The paradigm. Yeah, the paradigm. Thank you for thank breaking you that so paradigm sure. in my mind. Because I always felt like birthdays were like contribution for making money kind of thing but then it was just more amazing to me that i had people come over yeah you know and just share yeah. god and just share the love of god fellowship with one another that was beautiful it was beautiful for me Actually, that's just how my birthday went that's so good oh yeah mm-hmm. i think one of the major highlights for me was the fact that i was able to see through all the whole experience i wasn't there but i was able to mm-hmm. see that you know through the entire really online and all of that yes. so it wasn't it wasn't really like all those birthday where people just posting pictures he's yes. posting all those things like that and mm-hmm. yeah it was just so good i was once i was going to call you that day but then i remember you said you were going to be busy and i personally mm-hmm. the kind of person i am i respect people so Whenever people tell me things already, I put whatever they say into consideration mm-hmm. and all of that. So, yeah, but it was... And before we dive in, because of the essence of the topic today... So, guys, there's no conversation starters today. Don't worry. Because I know somebody was like, no, don't do that. I'm not doing it. I promise <laughs> you. So, we want to just give you guys a little bit of inside look into um, the past four weeks. This is episode mm-hmm. five. Uh, first month existence and then the whole est- and the whole conversation for the day we're mm-hmm. talking about waiting season and why i really feel today is really a very good day to talk about it is not because god told us to because yes every single conversation we have on this podcast yeah. we pray about them and we yeah. try to make sure they are the conversations that god would have us have in this particular season because Mm -hmm. we don't want to just come and talk about things we have opinion on or ideas about Mm -hmm. we want to talk about the things that really address the issues and current situations you're facing in this current season of life because Mm -hmm. we want to always be the answer to your prayers Mm -hmm. um when i was just asking the lord what would he have us talk about on episode five thanking him for our fires brothers and he kept saying waiting season waiting season Mm -hmm. and 
I personally felt it wasn't just about the audience. It was more about us too. So I was just going to say, why not let's open this entire waiting season conversation with a little, little, um, I don't want to say outlook, a little look into what our lives has been like in this journey of um, recording each episode, all Mm -hmm. of that. And that's just what I wanted to have us talk about first. So I'll ask you, Bella, um, how was this past four weeks look like for you? I know we've had our ups and down. We've mm-hmm. had our um, scuffles. We've had, uh, I think this is the season where I personally have had the devil really test me so much mm. back to back. And it's also the season where I've really seen a lot of weaknesses on my side. I've also been able to grow. I've been able to sit down and analyze how best I want to respond to some particular situations in my life. So mm. what do you think, Bella? The last think- four weeks. For me, <laughs> this this season also like since I started to see you, I remember like I like I don't know if I was here. I shared it like I just like I just noticed that I was getting angry at the slightest thing, and I'm like I'm not like this. Why am I so upset about you know something? I just noticed that I was getting upset at like the slightest thing. I would take it up. I would say something. You know, my things that I would just let slide out. Like I like I'm like no, I have to talk about it and all of that. So yeah, I would say like the enemy tried to test me, and then his voice even almost became louder, you know, in this phase of like the whole one month. But then I want to thank God because there was like times of reality check, you know, where the still small voice is just like, "Money, is this worth it? Like this thing that you are doing, is it worth it?" I remember one time like that, I had like a very long conversation with you. And I put out all my mind. And then I was washing dishes. And then the Holy Spirit was like, you do know that you sounded selfish. And I was like, how? And then I think I told you. And then he decided to show me. And I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm going to apologize. Because at the end of the day, like, we all make mistakes. And that's why the Holy Spirit is there to help us. So, yeah, I will say that this season was a lot. It wasn't like a lot. But, like, I thank God that even with all the times that the enemy raises ugly head, the spirit of God always raised his standard above him. And yeah. we thank God that their testimonies and you know the podcast is still thriving after a month. Yeah. Yeah. Makes yeah. sense. I, I personally feel like one of the major highlights for me this past mm-hmm. four week is not even just the people or the growth. It's mm-hmm. the constant questions i always have and answer i always have with god everywhere mm-hmm. i see him you know just challenge me in an area and it's calling me to grow and i'm like okay but why why do i have to grow up in this area not because i'm trying to disobey him anyways but because i feel like you know look at the other party look at the other things others are doing and it's like mm-hmm. no you have the standard here and because you are the standard you have to take the responsibility of growth and it's mm-hmm. hard. I'll be very honest. It's hard. Yeah. Um, because it's not just to you that is happening in my life. That's the truth. I can remember talking to somebody recently and I'm like, maybe people don't know that my life is full. That's why they mm-hmm. think they can just, you know, do some things they do at times. But And I hate to have to like explain it half of the time to people that my life is full. And when I say my life is full, why I say my life is full and not I'm busy is because... I'm not actually busy doing the doing. I'm not busy like with activities. I'm mm-hmm. actually doing the things that I'm meant to be doing in this season. So I know that they are not the wrong things, but 
at times either the way people relate with you or the way people do things cause you to experience a lot of overwhelm so i would say that this mm-hmm. season has been overwhelming juggling a lot of balls and having to like you know um just put my some areas and say overlook something mm-hmm. this last weekend actually i'll be very honest this is a very vulnerable place for me to say this i was not so happy it wasn't this week it was last week i wasn't so happy at some things that happened in tu and i was like god i really i i hate that this is happening to me because you know me i don't mm-hmm. like this is killing me and the fact that i can't even talk about it because you say don't talk about it is making me pissed off and you know it's like okay just team if you're pissed team i'm like what is that all you have to say it's like yeah if you're pissed like just steam it off like let it out but not the right, wrong person so i can remember conversation and one of the biggest thing that and i relate to the conversation with the day is the fact that a reminder that i always speak out is it wouldn't matter whatever you're going through in each season mm-hmm. of your life or if you're having to wait for something god is always present there with you and mm-hmm. he's always able to just his own perspective his presence his power and all of that mm-hmm. into it so right into the conversation of the day waiting season i'm not going to be today i'm going to be very practical and down to earth with my thought because i feel like we've had a lot of people talk about oh abraham waited for 90 years so how many years i don't even remember and then you know this particular year is all of that and after that he was able to see his promise and then god came again and tested him and said go kill your son and after that what did he do he trusted god so you too trust god end of story share the thing. oh and people are wondering okay how does that relate with me i'm not abraham i don't want to be abraham one two mm-hmm. maybe abraham could wait because apparently he had a lot of things that he was doing that you know yeah. could have made him take his eyes off the fact that he had a lack of a child i don't have things to keep me busy so how can i keep my eyes off my like lack and focus on what i currently have do you understand so that is exactly what i want us to dive yeah. into today especially for us you mm-hmm. uh, analytics for the podcast and i realized that most of the people that listen to this podcast are very young and I'm so, yeah. so happy. Do you know what? God confirmed through that that indeed this podcast, our target audience, because you, you know when yeah. we were talking about the fact that who yeah. was he sending us to? Who does he mm-hmm. want us to reach out to with the truth of his word? And he said millennials and, you know, adults and young ones and teenagers and all of that. So we can't begin to expect us to relate to life in some ways that other people in the older generation will relate to life, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to just ask now, how do you um how do you deal with the issue of waiting? What does that leader's waiting look like? And mm. how have you have you even ever been in a waiting season? What do you think about waiting season and how have you been able to like juggle the balls mm-hmm. and all of that? First of all, if I answer your question, I feel like you know, I really like when <laughs> the spirit of God is one. The spirit of God is always one. So I like when there's a confirmation. I remember when you shared with me that the Lord was just highlighting, waiting to you. And then I was just like, I prayed about it and I was just sitting there. I remember I think I was meditating and something. And then three questions, actually four questions dropped in my heart and I got to share them. <laughs> and I would like that us to answer them. But I will also answer your question. And first one is, what's your attitude towards waiting? What's your character towards waiting? What's your heart posture towards waiting? And how do you even know that you are waiting for a promise or you are just going with the flow? And 
when those questions dropped in my heart, I was like, hey, God, which one of these are like this? You know, because <laughs> I myself am in a waiting season. Yeah. And I'll be here for God knows how long. <laughs> because, um, I don't know, I feel like God has a plan for everyone. I don't feel like yes. So when he asks you to wait, that means he has given you a word that, oh, like, um, I'm going to use the Bible verse now that says, um, I know the thoughts I have for you, thoughts for good and not for evil. Thoughts of evil to give you an expected yeah, end. To give you an expected end. You exactly don't know what the expected end is. But he has well, you know there's that something at the end. Yes. So, the process of going through, like, the time that you spend going through the process of being refined, purified, beaten up, molded in the fire, in the water, you know, hair blown, all these things that have to happen to you for you to become that person of the expected end and Father yeah. has created the blessing from. I believe that is what is called the waiting season. And waiting seasons are not pretty. I feel like sometimes when we read the Bible, it used to happen to me too. When, we, when I used to read the Bible, I just read it like, oh, Abraham was 75 years old when the Lord came and said, Abraham, I'll give you a child. And after the child, Godfather to many nations. And when Abraham was 100 years old, Sarah was pregnant, and she gave birth to a child. You like, know, we skip the process in between. You get you just read it like it's a normal, it's a normal life. That particular promise fulfillment. Like, if you put yourself in these people's shoes, 25 years is not beings. When mm. people even have to wait one year, said you, it would be as if that one year is like 10 years. Not how much people that have to wait 10 years, 20 years, 25, 25 30 years. years. Do you understand? Yeah. It's a long process. So yes, I'm 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 in a waiting season. And I remember I wouldn't I can't look out that many times that Abba has called me that I've been distracted. <laughs> I remember there was one that he called me for. I think that was like the most recent one. I was so sad. Like I was so sad. And I remember I was sharing with someone. Person was like, "Why are you sad? Like I don't understand. God is a loving father." I was like, "I'm not sad because God is angry with me. I'm sad because I feel like how many times will God have to call me that you are being distracted? You are being distracted, and you keep repeating the same you thing over and over. Like, how many times do I have to go through that? And mm. that was just what like made me sad. Although at the end of the day, like he he did cheer me up. I felt better and all of that, but. I would like to waiting seasons are not the prettiest thing. And I like what you said of how you said that you know that you are doing the right things that you're supposed to be doing right now. But then Abraham had things that could distract him. I remember sharing in the last episode that I, I don't have a job yet. So I do things that the Lord tells me to do in this season and things that I'm like, oh, I like to do this thing. Lord, what do you think? And he's like, oh, if you want to add it, add it, you know, and all of that. But if all of these things are not in play, I'll literally just be at home. And what will I be doing? Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, I would say, without, I want to pick from that part that you said, when you wait, it's because maybe God has said, given you a word, and, mm-hmm. and you quote that Bible verse. And I'd just like to define waiting as that. Waiting season has been misconstrued and misunderstood by many people because we often think waiting season is because, okay, I want this thing. Then that means if I don't see it, I'm waiting. So Mm. until I see it, I'm waiting. And then when I see it, all is done. I move on to the next thing and start waiting again. 
that's not actually what waiting season is biblically. Waiting starts, waiting is activated when a promise is made. Mm-hmm. Waiting is activated. A waiting season is only activated when a promise has been made from God to you. And a promise necessarily doesn't have to be, um, I'm going to give you a chance, I'm going to give you a job. It can be, I'm mm-hmm. going to fulfill this covenant I've made with people of the old in your life. Because yeah. I can remember um, the first time I could have, I, I knew that I activated a waiting season in my life. No, I didn't activate it. What God activated in my life was when he came to me and said this, this exact word, I'm going to use you. What I couldn't do with your parent, I will do with you. Do you understand? Mm-hmm. So that's an activation of a waiting season. The promise wasn't generally made with me first. It was mm-hmm. a promise that I stepped into as a result of my obedience and surrender, right? But at yeah. that point, a covenant was poured out. A covenant was made. It was like we tied a bond. And at that point, it was God activating that bond. But mm-hmm. until we understand that waiting is not activated without a word, many of us will keep staying in a limbo of a cycle yeah. that nothing is happening. God is like, what are you waiting on? Who are you waiting on? Because if you're waiting, it means you're either waiting for something or for someone. So if the mm-hmm. person you're waiting for does not even know you're waiting for him, mm-hmm. I will he come, right? And what I think it is important that we understand this is because most of us, especially millennials, especially Christians, I think this episode is going to be beneficial for Christians the most, mm-hmm. is that we often try to term every season in our life for the season. So far, we have something that we don't have. So you don't have a partner yet, I'm waiting. You don't I'm have a job them. yet, I'm waiting. You don't have a marriage, you don't have a marriage yet, I'm waiting. You don't have a, a visa yet, I'm waiting. You don't have that thing you're asking for yet, I'm waiting. It's not true. Because you realize that some of the things we are claiming to be waiting for are not even things that God had in plans for us. Maybe in the present time that we are in, or even in the future. I can remember that particular time where I was so badly waiting for a phone. I needed that phone. I've been wanting to change my phone for two years now. I'm not kidding you. From 2020, I've been wanting to change my phone because I needed to change my phone for more productivity and to enhance my capacity because my phone was just very, very, you know, in, unable to do some things I could do. I couldn't use some apps because of my iOS. I couldn't do some things. And I kept praying. I would never forget, Bella, December. I would never forget this episode in my entire life. I would tell it to my grandkids, my great-grandkids, if I get to see them. Somebody in my community where I served at, we were praying and we were believing God for different things. New year, new season was coming. So apparently mm-hmm. we were laying hold on promises. This year would not end without us getting some things. And I can remember crazy faith season has just started in my church. Yeah. So I'm like, let's activate this thing. Let's kickstart something crazy. Something you want and let's put a date on it. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I want a phone. So I'm going to put a date on it. And this girl's like, oh yes, she means I want a phone. I want a PC. We both wanted the same thing, a phone and a PC. So we're like, okay, let's do it. We, caught, we tested ourselves, put a date. And I said, before the end of December. She said, no, January, because my birthday is in January. So she was trying to, in a way, she trusted God, but she was trying to still be very logical and say, let mm-hmm. me put it around my birthday period. When yeah, I'm sure <laughs> do you understand? So mm-hmm. even if God does not do it, you know, people will give me gifts so I can put it on my wish list. I mean, like, nope, I'm trusting God for this. So I'm putting the date, a date on it. You won't believe, Bella, this girl got the PC and the phone on my day. Wow. I'm not kidding you. She tested and was like, Kiki, blah, 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 blah. My parents just got it for me. I was waiting for my birthday, but they were like, no, then I needed it. And I got it for me. I'm like, what? I was so disappointed. I was so angry, <laughs> so livid. I was happy for her, but in my private place, I was angry with God. And if you're wondering, can I be angry with God? Yes, it's possible. 
I was mm-hmm. so angry with God. And I just went to the back. I was so, I was so, so teary that day. I would never forget how I felt. I felt like somebody had played on my intelligence. I'm not kidding you. Because I'm like, do what's happening? Who, who does this? It's like somebody took own edge, an idea, and then gave the profit and the reward to somebody else. You understand? So I was just asking God questions like, what happened? Why would you do this to me? And I can remember him saying, you don't ask me for things every single time and expect me to do them because you want them. Mm. I give you things because I know you need them. Mm. And that's why the Bible says, delight yourself in me and I'll give you the desires of your heart because your heart is now aligned with my needs for you. Mm. And that day, it felt like they poured me cold water on my body like, ooh. So, (laughs) apparently, I wanted a phone but God didn't think I needed a phone. I'm not kidding you. Mm. Shoot, if I got that phone that year, I bet it with you, I would have no friends by now. I'm not even joking. (laughs) You know why? The kind of person I am, I'll be so focused on doing other things that I'll not even remember to test and not try the relationship God was bringing into my life. Yeah. And 2020 mm. was that year where God established a lot of relationships that I'm now in today. 2020, mm. all my, my friends that I have now, we are friends from 2020. I literally don't have any friends longer than that. Except maybe 10 years. Do you understand? So that year was my building year, my nurturing year. If I had my phone then, I'll probably have been focused on writing my book and not, you know, sitting down studying the world because I was limited in so many ways. So I had to do only the things I could do. Choose mm. that. And in that time, I felt like I was waiting for a phone. But truth is, until God knew it was something I needed, he didn't even count. It, it, you, I wasn't waiting to God. Mm. So him, it was like, you. Don't, there's nothing wrong with you. <laughs> <laughs> you think you have a problem, but you don't have a problem. And it dawned on me now when I got my phone miraculously. Like, I wasn't literally asking for it now, though I was praying for it, but I wasn't trying so hard like I was then. I was personally declaring all of that. But now I wasn't trying. In fact, I was already saying, start doing all of those things because I feel like, you know, let's not stress those things. And out of nowhere, from the unexpected place, God dropped a phone in my lap. You know the way he just dropped something from up and like, ta da! <laughs> That was how I did it. And one thing yeah. I took from this <coughs> sorry, entire mm. episode is that at the end of the day, whatever you're waiting for, the first question mm. you should always ask yourself is this. Is this even what God wants for me? Mm. Because it then saves you from a long process of having to wait for a yeah. And I'm not trying to say I can't relate to waiting for something that even God wants for you. Because mm-hmm. I, there's a Bible rights, I pray with every single time now. None shall lack a mate. So I'm not like my partner because I trust that you have a man prepared for me. And if mm. you're wondering why is she praying that prayer, it's because I'm single and I'm not desperate for a man, but I need my, my partner. So yeah. it's a difference. I need my partner because I have a lot of things I want to do that I know that I need the help of somebody that I can constantly, you know, call. Mm-hmm. Sure call and yeah. one of the reasons why I can eagerly pray in that direction is because I know that it's God's plan for me. Mm-hmm. But also, even in praying for that, there are days when I had to ask God, are you sure I'm praying the right prayers? Because maybe the prayer should not be bring my partner, all of that, align mm-hmm. our footsteps together. Maybe prepare me to be a wife and all of that. So mm-hmm. I can be ready for what you've made ready for me. Because like Bella said, how is your art during a waiting season? Your art posture. 
your your attitude, your character, all of these things. Mm-hmm. Some of us are the worst beings in our waiting season. Hello, I'm the number one on that list. <laughs> and I'm, I'm not even kidding. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to act like, oh, maybe she's trying mm-hmm. to just say that so she can relate to me. No, I'm not doing this for relatability. It is the truth. They are see this few months, this last few days of September has been the worst on my on me because I personally feel so choked. I feel like nobody's listening to me. Nobody understands what I'm going through. Nobody's trying to even help me in any way. And they're even putting more burden on me. And that's the biggest thing I hate in my life. I'm like, you can't help me. Then don't stress me the more. Choose that. Mm-hmm. If you can't help me, I understand. But if you keep stressing me, I don't want to understand. I'm going to blow up. And if I blow up, mm-hmm. don't blame me. Don't blame me. Like, don't blame me. And God will be like, mm-hmm. you can't do that. You can't keep, you can't keep reacting because you're tired, you're frustrated. Guys, I've been home for eight months. Yes, eight months. Because I came home on February 14th. And from that time till now, school has not reopened. We don't even know what next. And yeah. as much as it might seem like a driver thing, it's a huge thing for me because it's a huge definer into what next in my life. For me, I don't have I don't have one thing somewhere to go and say, it's not like I have anybody making plans for my life and say, okay, now that you're not in school anymore, because of us strike, let's do this for you. Let's set this up for you. No, she understand. So, so many things I'm doing right now. If I'm not doing them, I'm literally going to be sleeping and waking up or having nothing to do. And mm-hmm. it's so horrible thinking about the fact that I have to wait. My my academics has been put on hold and dependent. My formal academics actually has been dependent on some governments that don't care what you do or what you don't do. And you literally have to go through all of that. And still, God is asking you, is your art posture right? Mm. Is your attitude right? right? Is your character right? You would think he would understand that you have every right to be hungry, so he shouldn't ask me that question, right? But mm. fortunately, he would. Yeah. And one big lesson I learned, I could remember reading a book. I started reading a book recently, <clears throat> and I recommend it for everyone. Please read this book. I'll try and see if I can link the script um, account there. Um, it's called Miracle for Jen. And this girl, um, she's a Christian, her parents and her, all of them Christians, amazing. And I always say to people that if you want to have a feel of Christianity, go to America. As many as they say that country is moral depraved, all of that, trust me, the Christian family, that truly Christian family, they do it right. I'm not kidding mm. you. They do it right. They're not just churchgoers. They do it. They get it right in every single way. So this family is like that kind of family where, they are Christians in truth. And it was Christmas time, Thanksgiving service that they always have in, this, in, in November, coming back from church, and they had an accident. Wow. This accident wasn't just small. A huge fatal accident that affected all of them. Their daughter was the most affected because she had a brain damage and a brain injury. And it was so worse that she was in coma. They told, they, that, and, um, they told her parents that if anybody wants to see her, see her for the last time, all of you get her, come into the come into the plane. They are going to the hospital that they took her to, so they can come and say their last goodbyes to her. And her mom could not even go. Her dad could not go because they were all of them are in separate hospital because of their health condition. And one thing I took from reading that story is this: in the midst of all of this, this particular child that had the worst effect was the one that glorified God the most. I'm not kidding you. You need to read that book. She could not talk. She could not talk. But when she hear people play worship songs, she pray along with them. You, you, I 
what does that happen? How? And this girl would constantly be saying things like, thank you for making me have the accident because now you would use me for your glory. What the heck? You can't tell me that. <laughs> no, you can't. Her mom was saying that one of the biggest things that hurt her the most was the day where she was crying and saying, how is God going to use the daughter now? How is God, what is God going to do? And God was like, release her. She's not yours. Stop acting like she's yours. You don't love her than you love. You don't, you don't love her like I do. Yeah. You don't love her more than me, so stop trying to be a savior. I was like, nah. Because it made me realize that most of the time, how we behave in waiting seasons really make us think we have power more than God. Yeah. It makes us think we have more capacity than God. And that's why we try so hard to manifest our miracles, try so hard to do things on our own and work things out on our own, like Abraham did. So when you when God asked you those questions, Bella, that what was your art posture, what was your attitude, why are you waiting, and all of that, what what was your thought and all of that? It honestly, I remember like okay, so I used to think that my posture was waiting was oh God, let your will be done. <laughs> Until one day when Abba was telling me that I was like a cup that you want to pour liquid into, but then the cup is moving to and fro. It's not stable. And then I was like, what does this even mean? And then he said that I have put the burden of getting a job on him. And I'm like, wait, what? He was like, yeah, I put the burden of getting cause a job on him, on myself, sorry. I put the burden on myself. And he did not give me the burden to carry. So he's just <laughs> looking at me like, drop the burden. I say no. So what do you want me to do? You can't move from this place until you drop the body. And I tell you that at that point, I was just like, God, please help me. I don't even know what it feels like, what it means in physical sense to drop the body, but I just want to let it go. And I tell you that I became so at peace. I remember sharing with you, I think Friday. Was it Friday? Where I told you that I was having anxiety and you're like, why? I was like, I don't know. I just feel so like my life was yeah, so at it was peace. Friday. That, it was Friday. My life was so at peace that I was afraid that what kind of peace is this? Imagine. <laughs> like, imagine like, getting kind of peace? over being peaceful. Do you get I was like, what I remember when I think the day before that morning, I was praying and I was telling God that I've never been in a world where everything is okay. Like I've never been in a world that a world that is functioning the way God would have it, like heaven. So I don't even know what that feels like. But imagine me just having peace and I was feeling agitated. I see something something's going to happen next. I just going to come and snatch. It shows how much we've become accustomed and so used to our current dysfunctional realities. Yes, yeah, so that when God now steps into our lives mm-hmm. and our situations and we begin to see heaven literally manifested in our lives, mm-hmm. we become scared that it is too good to be true. And this might not be something you know that exactly. will last long. Exactly, like literally, that's how I feel. So now, when I feel anxious like that, I just like tell oh God, I invite your peace that passes all understanding. I think it's very funny because now, and I will even lie to you, let me not be very, very, very honest. I feel like it's like the first time I will be honest, aside from being honest with God. Anytime I, one of the reasons why I always had anxiety while, while I'm waiting or in this waiting season, try concerning the job finances is because I always had this feeling of 
when people ask me, so what do you do now? What would I say? I remember one night I was I was telling the Holy Spirit, I was like, so if I go for my family reunion now, or I meet somebody and an elderly person or something, and they ask me, so what do you do now? What would I say? And he said, you say you are a podcaster. Simple as that. They ask you, what do you talk about? You say you talk about the word of God. Simple at first that. I was like, at first my mom was like, but I don't even understand that. But there was one day my mom was not asking me, she was like, what is this your podcast even about? I was like, oh, it's about the word of God. She was like, oh, okay. Full stop. Like, there was no further question. Nothing. Nothing. Did I see she just understood. said that? Did I see she just said that? So why would you be making money? <laughs> As the good mother that she is, <laughs> I don't look at that. It's a problem. Like, I don't know. So let's just move on. But honestly, that was the reason why I had anxiety most of the time. Because I always felt like, so when my uncles ask me, when I meet my friend, like mates or something, and everybody say, well, I'm a tech guru, I'm a customer, something, I'm a human resource manager, I'm a this, I'm a dad, managing director, whatever. What would I say? I'm a podcaster because people of Christ. You know one thing I realized about this entire, exactly mm-hmm. the truth. Why we often battle with season of waiting is because we are in such a, um, such a hurry yeah, to have hurry. that thing. Not even for mm-hmm. ourselves alone, but to just let people know that I have this thing now. Mm-hmm. Oh, look at my finger. I have the ring now. Oh, look at my belly. I'm pregnant now. Oh, look yeah. at the thing. I have it now. Look at the job. Look at the look right. At you look at me anyhow. You look at me anyhow. So yeah. unconsciously, it's that desire and need to be acknowledged by others mm-hmm. and also applauded by them. Because when mm-hmm. they see you, they're like, oh, shakers and movers doing things yeah. for God. Women of God, I can remember one particular day. And this is one thing I realized, to be honest. Most of the time, I sink into this place of weariness and tiredness. It's because I've been looking at other people's life. It's just yeah. the truth. Absolutely. So I can remember that particular day, I, I saw a picture of a lady that was doing things, moving on, having fun, getting things done, having amazing results in her life. Academic, bloom, bloom. Her master's done already. Got a job the same day she finished her MSc. In New God York, God, every <laughs> single thing, bim, bim, bim. And the kind of circle I have, not even circle right now, because they're not really my friends, but my kind of network, they are not share, share, do you understand? I don't, she mm-hmm. get. So you can see, you are scrolling through your contact list, you go through this person, one, another person, three bedroom flats, and then you start opening them like, ah, ah, you realize that, to be honest, I'm not trying to get this thing even for myself. Mm. I'm trying to get them so others can see and then applaud me for it. And mm. unfortunately, God has to strip us of every desire to be applauded by men first before he can trust us with anything, no matter how little or big it is. Mm. Because you can't, you can't share in God's glory. And when I say you can't share in God's glory, people will say, oh, he said he has given us his glory. No, I mean, you can't take the glory that God has and make it yours. It's not yours. You can't, you can't try to accomplish things in your own power. Mm-hmm. And then, or, or, or how do I put it? You, you can't have God do things for you so you can be applauded for it. And so you can be, you know, praised for it. And you feel like, oh, bugan or sugar pad eye. It's not that. And oh, why is it so important? What you're saying now, I'm so sorry to cut you. It resonates with me so much. Because I remember one time, it was until I started to pray that, Lord, 
let others see you in me. Let me be like the girl that opens the door and points to the studio. When they yeah. say, oh, how are you doing? Let it not be me. Today, I saw, I saw a post that asked a question that, would you be comfortable if you are doing ministry or doing work for God or serving God and you are not even known? And I could boldly say yes. Normally, other times before now, if I said yes, my heart would be too fast because obviously it's a lie. I just be trying to yeah. <laughs> you know. And your angels are like, oh, oh, oh. Okay, okay. <laughs> but now I could say yes boldly because I'm like, it's not about me. As much as it's great to have people call you woman of God, be anointed and all of that, it's not about you. And I like the fact that you just lay emphasis on that, actually. Yeah. One big thing about waiting season that it has stopped me is the fact that if you're not becoming like Christ through the process, then there's no necessary need for it. Actually. And every single time I remember that, he always brings me to my knees because key question i take out from it is this what then would be the essence of the entire process mm. if at the end of the day people look at me and they can't they can't see any resemblance in me and christ, christ yeah. it's of no use and it's so funny but god can't you see people often think they say things like oh god god calls the call god use the he calls the unqualified and he qualifies the uh, whatever but <laughs> truth is god has spec. <laughs> honestly i think we need to start no know these things because the day you don't you you try to assume that god just use whatever whoever whomever whenever any hour any day any to mm-hmm. anywhere you you ridicule the fullness of god because yeah, truth is, yes he uses whoever but that whoever must be willing to go through the process of his making yeah. So if he's going to pick me from the place where I was stuck in sin, I should be willing to say, now that you've picked me and you have called me, despite being unqualified, I will okay. go through the process of becoming qualified. So when people look at me, they can truly say that indeed this is one kind of message of God. Because yeah. at the end of the day, God cares about his image. Mm-hmm. Oh, you, you think he doesn't? He does. And when I say that, I'm not saying it's the way that we do, like, oh, I care about the way people see me. No, not that kind uh-huh. of way. But he cares about how perceive and know him. God is not going to have you and I misrepresent him. Yes. That's why I tell people that whenever you see somebody making God look like what is not, he is going to correct it, except he you are not willing yes. to hear him. You can't yeah. tell people that God is not good and you think mm. God is comfortable with that. No. That's mm-hmm. a wrong image of him. He would not sit back and allow you keep making people believe he's not good. Not good yeah. He would correct that in his own goodness and his infinite mercy. Mm. And that's one of the things that waiting season does for us. I remember when I started waiting um, for my partner, because as much as this, this is another thing there, when you're single, it's possible for you to be single and not be single. Mm. Let me explain that. You can be single in the sense that you don't have a partner. But in God's eyes, you are not single because you are dating many people because you're entangled emotionally. Yeah. You understand? Mm-hmm. So you don't have a partner as space, somebody that is committed in your life. But you have a partner as space, somebody that you chat with at night. A man she nice girl. And God is like, You you can't deceive me. God is like, No, you can't deceive me. I see your heart, mm-hmm. guy. Your heart is tied to that guy. It's simple. Don't worry. Don't, 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 don't define your relationship. 
just keep doing whatever you're doing and think you're single you're not single so i can remember when i activated my single season it was actually 2020 so i've been single from 2018 in the mm-hmm. human sense but i became single in god's eyes in 2020 and i can remember that mm-hmm. time when i started my single season of waiting and you know constantly trusting god for my partner one of the key things that god had to teach me is that see in waiting season you have to trust him with the outcome and the result mm-hmm. because so many times we are so fixated on a particular outcome and promise that you owed God and from releasing the promise to you. Mm. So God is really wanting to release the promise, but because you want a tall, dark, handsome guys, in God's hand, he has a dwarf, and he's like, you said you don't want a dwarf, so you want a tall, dark, handsome. Yeah. So unfortunately, I can't release this one because it's not tall, it's not dark, it's not handsome. It's not as in, it's not what you want when your heart is You like- understand? And you think, we we unconsciously assume, oh, God is delaying the process. Why is God keeping me here? Why is God having me stay? Why is God having me this? And God is like, you are waiting on yourself, not me. Because Mm -hmm. to wait on God is to wait on what God wants for you, not what you want for yourself. Oh, my God. And I don't know why God wants me to reiterate this over and over. Waiting season is not about us. It's about us because we are the people, we are the one waiting, but it's more about receiving the desire of God for our lives. It's so funny that Anna had been praying for a child for years, but it mm-hmm. took us saying, give me a child and I will give you a prophet for God to release a child for her. Why? What happened? Every single time I ask the question of, why did she have to wait that long for you to not release that child? And one question I could get, one answer I could get is this. It's because she shifted her gaze from her to me. Yeah. So it's no longer about her. It's no longer about her being satisfied. It's no longer about her being, her desire being met. It's not about my desire for her being met. Because like it or not, when God created you and I, he created us with different things he had in mind for us. Mm. Oh, Kishi at age 23, she's going to establish street undiluted, like it or not. So as much as I was praying and saying, God, open my eyes to see, give me clarity, give me this, give me that, lead me. I want to get a gig, an acting job, audition, release it into my hands. It's like, girl, you better direct your prayer again. Do you <laughs> want what I've prepared for you in this season or what you want for yourself in this season? And the very moment I said, let your will be done mm-hmm. in my life as it is in your heart, yeah. immediately, see, you became a done deal. Do you know that as you were speaking now, honestly, I feel like about plays with me sometimes. He just reminded me of when I was, I think I shared it on my YouTube video when I was 17. And <laughs> I was like, oh, they just gave it to my, um, my, cousin then and then i was like oh when i'm 24 i'll be married um she'll be my flower girl blah 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 i just started building this life of oh when i'm 21 i have this when i'm 22 i have that 23 i'll be this but 24 i'll be married (laughs) and i tell you that i literally still believe that 24 i'll be married until 24 and you know when I entered this year, I was like, 
this is 24. Okay. <laughs> let's let's, let's still believe it is how many days into 24 now? Just four days. Okay. principal girl. Let's see what's gonna happen. And it was this year that Lord said talk to me about my life partner. In fact, Kishika remembers that if I when the Lord first said I was like, who, who is that? Who? I beg, I beg, I beg, you know. What he was trying to say about but just imagine now i turned 24 and i don't have a job imagine if i had <laughs> my focus <laughs> what was funny imagine if i had not shifted my focus from what i felt was best for me because i've always been a fan of getting married young and having children young and doing all these things young i've always been a fan but that's not, I won't say that's not what Abba's plan for, because we don't know what next year holds. And like, yeah. just four days into 24, we don't know what the father can do, okay? Yeah. But my point is, like, my heart just literally turned from what I wanted to, if this is what, what God, God has me do, yes. I'm going to do it. Even if it doesn't make sense to people. I can't count that many people I have to literally explain to that. I don't have a job yet. All this financial responsibility that are putting in my on my head, I'm not sure how I'm going to pay. And they'll be like, "Oh, you're lying." I'm like, "Can I be lying?" Or something like that. But it does because it doesn't look like it. God will so take care of you in such a way that it will not be as if you are lying that you are waiting. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? I think the best way to put it is, it is that when you're waiting in God's timing, mm-hmm. in God's way, for mm-hmm. God's desire for you. He take care of you. Yes, he does. Because truth is, if I am waiting for a baby, it's like a pregnant woman. Mm-hmm. She's she's pregnant, waiting for the delivery of a child. She wouldn't say because you know this get and all of that. It should be on its own. It is literally in her. The child mm-hmm. is receiving nutrients, shelter, care, yeah. provision, every single thing. It is delivered into mm-hmm. this world from her. Because it is dependent on her for growth. It is waiting on her for every single thing it needs to thrive and to survive. Mm. And that's exactly what it is to wait on the Lord. Because aside from waiting for what God wants for us, some of us are not waiting on the Lord. Yeah. It's possible that you're waiting and you're not waiting on God because... You know, at, you know what you're saying is one of the questions I asked me. That how do you know that you're waiting on the Lord or you're just there waiting? Like, you're just like, okay, uh, with time. You know how people say that, oh, don't worry. That's this quote time, I thought today. That, oh, don't worry about the situation you're going through now. Just know that there'll be more blessings. More. I'm like, how do you know there'll yeah. be more? It makes you tear you know? ashes. It like, how do, there's how morning, do you know? Morning, there'll be sweetness. Like, how do you know? I don't just, I don't know, Shabba. One of the key identifiers for you to know if you're waiting on God is that your heart is aligned to his will for you. Mm. Two, is that you know what his will for you is. Mm. See, God does not leave us in confusion. The, the, one of the biggest myths, I'm so glad that God has called me to break to people, is that you, you, you know this limbo that people are always in and they feel like, oh, you know, just go, just do whatever you got to do. I don't care if God doesn't say anything to me. It's, it's not true. <laughs> Somebody will tell you, oh, it, it doesn't make sense, but I'm here. God took me from, Niger- from London. I'm not in Nigeria. 
it doesn't make sense. I can't explain. I didn't ask for questions, but now I'm here. How do you know that you're supposed to come to Nigeria in the first place if it didn't tell you? You might not know what you understand. It might not tell you what you'll be doing in Nigeria, but at least it told you to go to Nigeria. Mm-hmm. So it is not possible that God would leave you in confusion, a total state of nothing, no word. And let me tell you this: when I say no word, I'm not trying to say it's possible that He will be saying things to you every single day. I mean, He would activate that waiting season with a word that will make you know that indeed I am believing God for this thing. And this was when I knew. For me, it was last year. For the first time, I got a prophecy concerning my partner from somebody else. For the first time. And it was then I knew, okay, God is now preparing me to be a wife. God is now taking me on the journey of preparing for, a, for this road of helper. Because mm-hmm. now it's not making me see, okay. And one of the biggest things I started doing is the fact that it started making me understand what it really means to be a wife. It reorients my mentality on a, on a long, I mean, it's a very huge journey. Mm. It's like wife is just a word that yeah. is used biologically to explain man and woman, husband and wife are married. In the actual mm-hmm. sense, the husband in God's eyes is the earth, and the woman is the helper. It's mm-hmm. square equals to God's design. Simple. Mm. You understand? So yeah. you can't be in a waiting season. And then not know or understand what it is you're even waiting for, it's or even sense. understand how God is calling you to wait because there is always a way to wait. Mm. There is a way to wait. There is a way God will ask you to position yourself for what is calling you to receive. There is a way God will ask you to prepare for what is calling you to receive. There is a way God will ask you to posture yourself. Why would God ask you, Are you, are you properly postured if there is not a right posture for waiting? Uh-huh. Preach. Because most of the time people just think, okay, waiting season. I'm gonna wait on you. I've missed your goodness. I just said your promise. Wait on you long. And God's like, you're kidding, right? You must be kidding. Because you're not even waiting with your posture. A posture of waiting is a posture of humility. Where you see, and that's why I tell people. When you want to know how to wait right, look at the life of that people. How well are they intimate with God? Because what does, what does it mean to wait? It means to receive, right? Mm-hmm. How do you receive something from somebody? With your arms wide open, right? Yeah. So if I'm going to receive something with my arms wide open from you, am I going to you? I have to be lower no. so you can pull. A posture of humility and that's why I will constantly come to your presence day by day to get intimated with you so I can know your heart's desire for me. So I can understand. It's the portion of John, the beloved, mm-hmm. on the chest of the Father. I love the picture Holy Spirit just dropping my head right now. That is the posture of waiting. Your ears close to the heart of the Father. Receive. Because waiting does not mean passive. passive um, it does not mean passivity. Mm. It doesn't mean passive. It's not, it's not, I'm waiting. So, and let me tell you, because Bella is talking about the job now. Half of the time, I tell people this over and over, especially when people come and meet me, when I was still leading in the community in PAP, and they would say, oh, Kish, I don't know what's going on. I'm waiting. I don't have funds. I don't have all of this thing. I tell them, as good, how would you have me eat in this season that I don't have a job? It will tell you simple. 
It's mm. easy as that. Because I'm not kidding you. See, we often think God as you, we, because we are spiritual humans, everything in life is spiritual. So the physical part is, is he does not care, but he cares about it. He cares about it. When I came back home from that thing I did this year, first thing that God did was open back your store, open back your t-shirt business because you have to eat. Mm-hmm. And you know why? And it's so funny. See, I, I salute the way God is so strategic. All of these things always happen when maybe a soul of blessing gets closed. Yeah. I can remember last year, there's a particular person that gives me money monthly allowance, monthly is a friend. And when I say it's a friend, it's actually a friend, guys. Don't read any minute to it. It's actually a friend. <laughs> Thank you. So, so um, this year, he lost his job. So, unfortunately, he can't give me money anymore. I didn't even know all of this because I was not around. So, I didn't know all of this. But God in his infinite mercy had already prepared a way. And now, this way, it's not somebody else giving me money. It's like, she take a fish. And um, it's like, she bring the fish in your hands and I'll multiply it for you. Simple. Mm-hmm. So, there are days God would feed you fish. And yeah, this will say, bring the one in your hand, I'll multiply it. Mm. So if I wasn't sitting with him and asking him questions and seeking clarity, constantly asking the Lord, I'm waiting for your blessings, but in the mm. waiting, in the process, what would you have me do? How would you have me wait? And at times, he wouldn't have you do anything. He'll say, be, be like this. Yeah, be, yeah. <laughs> be like this. Be a pleasing person. Because as you're pleasing to people, they begin to favor you. Mm. I can't tell you how many times people just call me. Like, I want to give it. I want to give you that. I became so used to it that whenever people bless me, I don't get moved. I'm not kidding you. That was how much God bamboozled me with blessing last year. Mm. And I'm not talking 5K. No. He gets to expect that the least anybody who sent him there was 50,000 era. You think that was a joke? Or you think it was it's, it's something normal? It's not normal. Mm-hmm. It's, I wasn't a pleasant person because, you know, I was, I was always in their DM. No. Mm. Some of those people, I don't talk with them. But it became pleasant because in that season, that was how God would have me be. So the aroma of my life became so, it became so, you know, it became so sweet to people that they would constantly to me. Mm-hmm. So you must, you must know. You must know how God would have you wait. Sometimes God will say, wait by going to that church and volunteer there. Yeah. Sometimes we say, you know what? All the money in your account, wipe it out. Send it to that orphan woman mm-hmm. that has kids. Sell it to her. And you're like, God, I'm still waiting for my job. I'm still, and you're like, no, 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 no. It's like, that's the way you wait. Mm-hmm. That is what shows me you are waiting. So if you don't do that, I don't know you're waiting. So we need to ask God. And that's why I always tell people, our work with God must be an interaction. Mm. It shouldn't be a monologue where you're only just, you know, praying, singing, going to church, but you never really intimately interact with God. Mm-hmm. It's not. That's not what a Christian life is. A Christian life is a relationship. It's a journey. It's a relationship with a new person. And that's what many times people ask me. Whatever you say, eh, and so God said to me, how does it say? And I'm like, eh, you say, no, me. How do, how do I say something? She was like, it's weird when people ask me that. Okay, so many times God says things to you. How does it say it? And I'm not trying to explain to them, but I can't find the words because 
I'm like, I don't know, bro. Isa is just the same way you are hearing me speak to you. It's that simple. <laughs> so basically, waiting is not easy. But I feel like what makes it hard is the fact that we complicate it because we try to wait in our human nature. Mm. We try to wait on our own self. We don't wait on God. We try to wait without understanding what we are even waiting for. We try to wait without even fully getting a picture of how to wait. I can remember when I was telling somebody recently about the fact that if it's next year and NASA isn't doing anything about the strike, I would start discussing options of my academical pursuits with my parents and all of that. Mm-hmm. And it was like, why? You have to get your BS. And I'm like, well, at the end of the day, I don't know, but God plans for me is not actually BSC alone. So I can't hold, I can't allow my life be on hold because of BSC. Do you understand? So I would go back to him and ask him, now that Asu is on strike and all of that, and we've waited for a year, what are we doing moving forward? And it felt like that was stupid, but that's the thing I would do. Yeah. Because I'm not waiting on myself. So I'm not going to say, okay, now that Asu is that, and I've not done anything. Oh, yeah, let me just go and enroll to another school. Yeah, they came out of caution. No. Mm-hmm. I would go back to the one who has called me, who has my life, and say, what are we doing next? How are we moving forward from this? Mm-hmm. That's why I tell people, life is simple if you learn to keep it simple. Because you live on God. He has no choice but to answer you. Mm-hmm. You, can't, you can't cry so much to your mom and say you need something and she has the power to do it and then she wouldn't do it. Mm. Except she doesn't have the power or it's not something that would benefit you. Yeah. So if it's something that would benefit me and God really desired for me, he would do it. Yeah. So most of them often tell people, we need to first solid ourselves of the mentality to think that God just wants us to wait. Like, oh, he derives pleasure in making us wait. Mm. I can, and this is even me speaking to myself. I can remember one time I was telling somebody that God had to bring me back to a place of teaching me about his father or because I'd already got to a stage where I think I had to work for everything. Mm. Like, no, I have to labor for everything. And that was the situation I was looking like. I'm not kidding you. This one you work at, that one you work at, this one you work at. I'm not, I'm not even talking about working at it instead of like, Job, do you understand? I mean, doing everything like maybe you pray, you fast, so you're not the miracle. It's a miracle, but I fasted for it. So, <laughs> do you understand? It doesn't really look like a miracle anymore. You need to graduate to a level in your work with God where God blesses you without you having anything in it. Mm. You can't say, you people ask you over and over, how did this happen? And you can't even say, oh, it was this. I don't know. That's your answer because you literally don't know. You just woke up and you saw the alert. You don't know where it came from. It's possible. Mm. I've heard testimony like that, but it starts with first understanding that God is willing to do it for us. So why many of us stay stuck in waiting season without result for years? It's not because God doesn't want to release the blessing. It's because we don't, we don't even believe he can you ask some people, do you think God can bless you? And they're like, well, I don't know, but maybe if he gives me a job and I'm earning like one million salary. Mm. And 
if you think about it, it makes sense. But in truth, God can bless you without a job. Yeah. Because I've seen it happen to me over and over. And I'm not trying to support you job being jobless. Please, audience, I'm begging you. I'm not trying to support you if you don't have a job. Because there are some people that God desires for them to get a job, but they're just too lazy to get a job. There are people like that. She understand. So yeah. don't say Bella said she doesn't have a job. So don't know. Please don't get interested. Everybody has their life journey out for them for by God. So let your journey be your journey, not my journey, your journey. But if it is God's intention for times where God would have people resign. I remember, let me share this testimony before I ask Bella to share again. I remember this time where in TMR, we were watching over sphere of influence, and my own sphere of influence was economy. So me and my partners, we pray every Saturday over the economy industry. So uh-huh. we pray over finance, economy, all of this. So all of this is happening right now. We pray over them in the tech industry, um, tech fin- in the fintech industry. So she was sharing her testimony one day because we carry upon ourselves to ask ourselves, are you feeling? Are you doing? What's going on in your life right now? How can we pray for you? How can we trust God for you? And she was like, she doesn't even know what's happening because it felt like God was calling her to wait. But she doesn't want to wait because waiting for God means don't have a job. And she doesn't want to not have a job. (laughs) I don't understand. Who told her that? She knew God told her to resign her job. So it wasn't that somebody told her. She knew. God mm. told her, we were, see, this are prophets, like, it's, it's Tamar, right? So, and it's not even something that she knew alone. She, God even confirmed it in many ways. In fact, Esther had to start sending her message, like, have you resigned your job? Uh-uh. Have you resigned? I'm not kidding you, because this are self seriously. If God tell you things, we obey them immediately. But it was hard for her to obey, because it didn't make sense that God would tell you to resign your job, right? Mm-hmm. But that was what it means. So, wait, and meaning to wait means go and resign your job. How do you explain that to people that God calls me to wait? And then because I'm waiting, I should resign my job. In a, fin- in a financial organization where you're making good money, where you're earning well as a young woman, building your life, I mm. kid you not, this lady, had, this lady obeyed God, and she started doing the course that God started having her to do, hosting the presence. I did that course too. It was even other shared the testimony that made me do the course because that course was mind blowing. So mm-hmm. um, when she did that course, our first uh, activation section because it is a school of prophet. It's just basically spiritual, spiritual stuff. So they were prophesying over uh, and God prophesied through the woman that was pro- that was prophesying over her that everybody on that call should raise money for her. But over seven hundred thousand naira for this lady in a day. Over 700,000 naira in a day for her. Mm-hmm. And you know one thing that she said that blew my mind away? She said it was like God was saying, you think they can pay you well? Now I'll pay you. I'll double pay your money in one day. Show me a boss that will pay you in one day. This one. <laughs> and I was like, eh? God, I was blown away because... And this is not even about the money. It was about the fact that God is trying yeah. to tell you that if you if you wait in my own way, it's not possible mm. that I wouldn't care for you. Mm. God is not an irresponsible father. Yes. He's not. 
So it's like God saying, I would never forget 2020. I tell people a lot of this. When God put me in that season, one of the key defining moments of my life was the fact that it took my mentality away from thinking that I need to fend for myself to live. Oh. It let me know that if you truly wait on me, it will renew your strength. Renew your strength for some people looks like God giving them a job. Renew yeah. your strength for some people look like God giving them a partner to help them. Renew your strength for some people look like God giving them a new um, relocation. Renew your strength for some people look like God giving them a new leader. Renew your strength for some people look like God taking some people away from their life. So that verse, if you just that wait upon the Lord, their strength, they will, they, they will be renewed. They will mount up with wings. It is true. But you need to understand that it is practically practiced. But it is, no, it is practically experienced when you wait truly on the Lord. It is you waiting on the Lord that activates the promises, not you mm -hmm. waiting on yourself. And why it is so important to know this is not because of the fact that we don't go through waiting season. I, like I said earlier on, I'm the worst when it comes to waiting season because mm -hmm. not because I don't like to wait, but the kind of person I am, I feel like God allowed me to wait because he knows that I can be self-sufficient at times. Mm -hmm. That's just me. I've been, I've gone through a lot in life. I've experienced some realities in life. I've experienced some disappointment in life that I've built mechanism that the best way to not be disappointed is not to even rely on anybody at all. So I became that self-sufficient and self-dependent that God has to break that cycle in my life by making me wait in the most unusual way. Things that I know I can do, God will say don't do it. It's the craziest, guys. I mean craziest because it makes me feel like it's like God is restraining your power so he can show you that you don't have power. Hmm. Because he will now do things that even with your own power, intend to achieve it. I'll share my testimony of how God literally blessed me at times with people and they will ask me, are you sure you are not lying? And I'm like, no, I'm not lying. Hmm. The one the most was the day my first power bank got spoiled. This power bank got flooded in my room. My apartment got flooded. I had a problem in my bathroom with my plumbing. Mm -hmm. So all my room, my, apartment, my kitchen was flooded. I had to take out. My power bank spoiled. And that day, for the first time in my life, I was not even bothered. I sang. I got called my friends, danced, did video call. I was having fun. I was just so happy because I don't even know. I cannot explain why. Mm -hmm. But anyways, in the morning, it dawned on me that my power bank is not working. <laughs> and the first thing I did was, and this is one thing I've learned over and over, in your waiting, who do you run to first? When the, when the waiting goes tough. When the waiting gets tough, who do you run to first? People or God? So I went to, I, I did not went to anywhere. I was praying. Sorry, I want to say I went to God, but he was in prayer anyways. So that day, I will never forget how I said that prayer. God, wake up this power bank. Let it on. The most stupid prayer ever. Because the power bank is not a human that you wake up. Oh. So I'm like, wake this power bank up. I was just praying like a fool that day. I didn't even know what to say. I held the power bank in my hands. You know when you are doing prayer, you are doing serious prayer over something so simple. So, so, ah, power bank. But when I don't have money, I won't die pray. <laughs> <laughs> so 
I was praying so fervently, God, please wake this power bank up. Wake up. And honestly, I kid you not, I was trusting God for a miracle like the power bank on you supernaturally. Oh. That was the kind of miracle I was expecting. But God is not a magician. So it's like, you see, we don't do those kind of magics. You understand? So <laughs> that day, somehow, somehow, I tested on the group TML, same TML. It was even funny. Okay, somebody was asking out with you guys what's going on with you. And I'm like, I was just sharing. Hey, hey, I was sharing a testimony. It was a testimony I was sharing. I was like, guys, I'm so happy for the first time today. Something happened and I wasn't angry. I didn't cry. I was just so joyful. Like for the first time, I experienced the um, the presence of joy. Like, you know, that kind of joy that you can't explain. That joy that was so tangible. And I'm just so thankful. I'm still praying for God to wake up my power bank. But yes, I'm thankful for what he has done for me. And somehow, somehow, people just started testing me in my DM. How much was the power bank? Um, I want to contribute to it. How much was the power bank? And I'm not trying to lie. I told everybody there's a 7,000 naira. Somebody will say, okay, take 14K, take 15K, take 10K. 100K, shake me here. Power bank of 7,000 naira. It wasn't double, it wasn't cheap, it wasn't for it wasn't for two plates, it wasn't it wasn't nothing. It was hundred times harvest. Hmm. And why did I share this testimony? That when you truly wait on the Lord and you depend on him, God would bedazzle you with miracles you never thought were possible. Hmm. Because your dependence in those moments was literally on him and him alone. I wasn't praying that God. Let somebody call me and tell me they have a power bank. No, I was praying that God, please wake up this power bank. It sounds stupid, but it was that was that is the kind of prayer somebody that is so dependent on God would make. You will see somebody carrying a plate and saying, God, please provide food in this plate. That was all they could do. They don't have any other option. So to wait is really to have no other option outside from God. So to truly be solely reliant on God that if God does not show up, you don't have any other area that you can turn to. Mm. Like, if you don't save me, there is nobody else. I have nothing. Yeah. And that was why King David said, my look onto the eels, where my help comes from. So, one question before I ask Bella to just, you know, is when you're waiting, who are you looking at? Or what are you looking at in your waiting season? Oh. That's actually a very, um, a very deep thing to think about. And I feel like we should just leave on that note, honestly, because if we try to speak on it, it might be watered down. But it's actually just a question that I feel like everybody should just, even us, should just think about when things yeah. don't feel right. You know, especially when you're waiting. Who do you, who do you go to? And one example that's coming to my mind is Abraham. You know, after he had slept with um a guy or a guy um a guy, and then um Sarah was like, "Oh, send that away and all of that." I feel like Abraham prayed to God, you know, and God probably told him to 
honor his wife, you know. But if you really look at it, it might not be mentioned clearly that oh Abraham picked God with God's wisdom. But I believe that he did. I really do believe that he did. And I like the fact that she has made emphasis on that because if God gives you a promise, whether you like it or not, the same I remember one time when God was telling me that the same people that you are going to, they are going to tell you the same thing that I'm going to tell you. Because I will speak to them. And sometimes you might even decide not to speak to them. <laughs> you cannot force him. Do you understand? Exactly. So, yeah. It's his mouth. You can't force him to speak. You can't force him. Yeah. I don't know if God has a mouth. So please, guys. <laughs> but I feel like we should just leave on that note. You know, who do you run to when yeah. you know, waiting season and things are not going the way you want them to go? I, I really just want to just say this last one because. I feel like one of the key things that this episode is meant to do for people that would hear it is to really liberate them from the burden that they've carried in the waiting season that wasn't meant for them to carry. It's not about just posturing yourself right or knowing what God would have you wait for or running to God or waiting on God. It's also about having the right kind of cycle around you in the waiting season. Because see, many times why we often miss the blessings that God has prepared for us is because we abort our waiting season immaturely. So you need to be able to, you know, consciously say that there are people in your life that know about your waiting season that God can constantly use as shield to protect you from miscarrying whatever it is you're carrying because when you talk about the story of a guy right now getting pregnant for abraham and being sent away do you know that many of the problems we have with religions and all of that would not be would not be happening today if not for sarah's foolishness (laughs) and i said that with all respect to miss sarah because we all can be foolish in our own little ways right but most of the times if we don't have the right people in our life to speak and constantly remind us of what God is having us to wait for, we would miss the promise. Sarah was meant to be the one to carry the promise. But because she she became the voice of negativity, because it might sound like, oh, she's trying to protect their lineage by giving Abraham, you know, Sarah is the real Jew. She wasn't even concerned. She could say, you know, go and speak with my maid. No, but it was because she was trying to manifest her own miracle by herself. And unfortunately for Abraham, there was no one around him to say, you know what, I know your wife is good and she's telling you good things, but no, that's not what God has promised you, so don't do that. Mm-hmm. You should boldly see. There's one thing I've said to myself. If it is not looking like what God has given to me, I don't want it. Mm-hmm. I pray this prayer every single time I meet anybody, especially in seasons of waiting for your marital blessings. I kid you not, I'll tell you over and over, I've had people that are, are my own speck. In fact, I've got to a stage in my life where I don't attract nonsense because you are you, you attract who you are. So the people I attract are actually my speck, people that I want to build with, power couple, Jay-Z and Beyonce kind of couple, you understand? But they don't belong to the speck of God for me. So I've been able to get to that stage where I say things like, God, if it is not your will, I don't want it. And I also have people in my life that are able to say, Kishi, this is a counterfeit. 
I remember uh, yesterday last year. Yesterday would call me and tell me, Kishi, show me your screen. Delete that number now. That was how hard it was. I'm not kidding you. So, do you have people in your life that can constantly remind you of God's promises for you? Because waiting is not easy. You can't afford to wait alone. You can't afford to not have um, uh, Pastor Michael call it your crazy faith circle. You think Bella is waiting in this season, she doesn't have a job, and then she's just doing life about herself. No, it's not true. I can't tell you how many times she texted me and said, oh, I don't know what's going on in this season. I don't know. And we prayed together. I can't tell you how many times I've tested and I'm like, you know what, Bella? I'm tired. I'm just, I just can't go on anymore. I'm done. And she reminds me of God's promises for me. And note, I'll ask you, do you have any other person in your life that can constantly speak life into you with a season that can constantly encourage you. Is it so because mm. if you fall, who would lift you up? And that's why TU is here. We don't want to just be here for you to come and learn the word of God and grow and all of that. We also want to be a support system, a structure that you constantly wait right and wait till you see the promise of God for you. So in this season of your life, if you're in waiting season, and I believe that everybody's always waiting, right, Bella? Mm-hmm. Everybody's always waiting for something, for someone, for one promise or the other. Send your thirst to us. If you're struggling with holding on to God's promises, or if you're feeling like, I don't even know, I can't even hear God. He's saying a lot, but I can't hear him. Send a message to us. Drop it in the chat verse. We'll always, always be willing to respond to you and pray for you. And on the note, we've come to an end of an amazing episode again. I'm so excited for this episode because I feel like it's not just about the shakers, all of that. At times, God sit us down and speak to us very, very clearly and loudly. So this is another episode. And we pray it would bless you. Thank you for coming on this journey with us for the past five weeks. We are looking forward to the next five weeks, next few weeks with you. And we this episode and tell us every single thing you've learned don't forget to share subscribe review rate mm-hmm. and always always send back your heart towards your feedback mm-hmm. we'll love to hear from you and we are so thankful you. you chose to love love you guys love you love you love you love you love you bye bye